Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 62 of the Butters podcast. This is my conversation with Luther Loach. This podcast is made possible thanks to the generous support of my patrons with a special thank you to Brett Harmon from Melbourne, Australia. Brett, thank you so much for your support in not only listening, but also supporting the podcast as a patron. And for those of you who would like to support this podcast as a patron, you can do so by jumping onto patreon.com forward slash butters. But for now, thank you again for tuning into episode 62 of the Butters podcast, my conversation with Luther Loach. Enjoy. Because yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, so it is. It's, it's always changing and, um, and it's hard to, like for me, I feel like I'd really enjoy something a little bit more consistent. But, mm. you know, it is nice to have variety and, and always have, you know, your ups and your downs and, um, and everything. But is that a good type of variety that, you know? Yeah, I guess I, I, so. Did you have that same kind of flow with like working in hospital and working with food and as a chef and stuff? Was it, would it kind of, you'd have a certain le- level of consistency, but was each day still also quite unpredictable and different? Yeah, totally, and I really enjoyed that. It was one of my favourite parts of the job. Oh, really? Okay. It's a different kind of, it's a different kind of pressure in like a corporate environment. Yeah. Um, you know, you're trying to meet targets constantly, um, but it, you know, it's a real buzz when you sign someone up because you do the whole sales process. So you'd like you're responsible for the whole deal, I suppose. So you're calling out to people, and people are, um, you know, not expecting you and they're not looking for what you're selling them um, and you're trying to convince them to get on a meeting with you with their best interests in mind and just trying to convince them because as soon as someone feels like they're being sold to right their walls yeah, go up straight away yeah. and they think oh this person on the other end of the phone is doing this because they want commission or something in their interest but really we don't want to sell to anyone who isn't grateful for what we're doing who isn't obviously going to get a lot of value and the only purpose that we're reaching out is I found you online I think you're a really good fit for what we're doing um, and I just want to learn a bit more about your process and see if there's anything we can do to save you time and stuff so the biggest challenge is just getting people to trust you and build that rapport um, and then you figure out if it's a fit you show them the product um, and then ultimately get them to a point where they have everything they need and they will either go ahead with it or they won't um, and when you get someone over the line, it's a great feeling, like you feel like it's a real victory. Um, and people are patting you on the back and they're saying, oh, you've done such a great job, good job on this deal. But on the other end of the scale, um, if you're not getting enough people to sign up, there's so much pressure from above saying you're not hitting these numbers, you're hitting these targets, which is what creates like this roller coaster of like, I love my job, and then, oh shit, please don't fire me, and then I'm the best, I'm the man, like, you know, I'm awesome at this, and then like, oh my God, I need to look for new work. <laughs> and it's draining because you go on these like dry spills for like sometimes months um, wow. where you won't sign a deal, and you- For months? Yeah, for months. Wow. Well, it's such a long sales process. Like people are literally deciding to, um, implement this whole new process like think about someone who owns a business and they've been doing something for 20 years a certain way and you're basically like ripping it up and saying do it all this way use the system um, because they can see the benefit in it but it's definitely a big commitment to make even if it's not a very expensive process the main cost isn't the money they're paying but like it's the process and it's like the um it's like the you know the whole commitment to to doing something a certain way, retraining all their staff to do something a certain way, and 
and just trusting the process. So, so that's so that's part of what you're selling is like a retraining of staff yes. to do things a new way and yep. the, the full package. The full package. Wow. It's a full service, um, and it, and it's a really awesome product. Um, but I think at the end of the day, um, I don't know if I if I. I mean, people always said I would be good at sales because I'm really good at like talking shit and. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a good people person. And you're a, a very people natural person. people person. Thanks, um, but there's a lot more to it, and there's a real. I mean, I guess you just got to trust the process and do the amount of calls and speak to the amount of people, and naturally the rest will follow. Um, but I think it'd be worth trying something a little bit different um, because obviously I've started doing a few things on my own. I've always been interested in food and I've always wanted to own my own business. Um, and sales is a real integral part of owning a business. Like if you've got a product, it's a great skill to have. So I think it was a great. But this, um, this pickle company I've started off is really exciting and like I find myself investing a lot of time in it, mindlessly just enjoying it. And um, that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not actually having to think of the work that I'm doing. It's a, just a natural sort of um, excitement. And I guess it's, it is new and a lot of people are, um, are really supportive and, and saying really cool things. But so what is the So you're making. So what is the pickle company? So it's called Nude Pickles. Um, and the reason I chose to do pickles was um, it's, a, it's not a perishable product, so you can make it in a jar in your own kitchen and it will safely live on your shelf for a year um, and pickles are delicious I love, love pickles, pickles. They not everyone loves pickles I've oh. learned this from some people which oh. is surprising oh. I thought everyone loved pickles I'll find a pickle that they will love because <laughs> I'm not just pickling cucumbers like they're not just your classic pickles the first one I've done is red cabbage then I will do a classic pickle and then I will pickle like walnuts I'm planning on pickling fennel like all sorts of vegetables yeah. uh, radish Radishes, like Japanese style yeah, kind of onions, all that stuff. And the reason um, why, like, I really want to do this is like you can work with really fresh produce. Um, I can still work with food suppliers. I can still create a food product that you can use in like so many different ways. Um, and I can make it start so small. I don't have to invest in like machinery or a workspace. I'm literally um, making it at home and jarring it up and using my garage has got pickles in it now and like buying labels and slapping it on and yeah. um so, so are there no food kind of preparation requirements for things like that there are like, oh. there's certain like things that you have to but you don't have to have like an industrial kitchen to do this you you just need to meet certain criteria i'm sure that um it will get to that point with scale yeah. definitely um at the beginning it's fine um as long as you follow some basic food safety um, procedures and like I learned all about this as part of my chef's training I had to do food safety plans um, but with the pickles um, you basically have a vegetable in there and then you pour hot vinegar sugar mixture with aromatics whatever and then you put the lid on while it's still hot and then as it cools down naturally it creates a suction so you've got like there's nothing like no germs or anything can get in um, and the hot liquid pasteurizes the product and naturally seals it right so it's a perfectly shelf city and if it's of a certain acidity that also will preserve it um, and stop it from like from like lots of bacteria that won't survive in that kind of pH so it's a very safe product um, which makes being able to make it at home like because the last thing you want to do is make yeah. someone sick you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so the so it's a very safe product to make at home it has a great shelf life 
and it looks great. People love to just buy them and just put them on their shelves. Yeah, um, but it tastes good um, and it's a great one to start off with no costs. You can just go in, make a few jars, sell them, reinvest, buy a few more jars and like naturally it can have this organic kind of growth. That is so smart. Um, yeah. So I just, with, with, this, products. would this be the beginning of a line of like a, a like a major food brand could be I mean nude nude could be um, oils it could be any food products um, and it's a great way to um, just test it out um, it's more of a, like a pilot or like a trial I suppose just to, to put, dip my toes in the waters of, of opening your own business and I feel like you don't really understand um, like the intricacies of something until you really do it you know you can plan as much as you like but if you jump in the deep end you know you're gonna sink or swim and I yep. feel like you can figure out all those things um, and it's good to be able to do that on a smaller yeah, scale, yeah. right? Because, well, because that's the that's slow burn idea of business. A lot of businesses will jump in and seek investment straight away and lose a lot of creative control. Others will deliberately have a slow burn approach, which is like you say, proof of concept with a product, make a bit of money, reinvest that money, make a little bit more money, reinvest, inv in, um, employ your first part-time staff member, then things accelerate, invest that money back in and all this kind of stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah. And very sustainable, yeah. especially with everything going on at the moment, rising interest rates, unpredictability with the economy. I reckon that's a very smart approach to a business, in my opinion. And everyone loves a local brand, um, Wellington, um, a Wellington brand. Something you see in more Wilsons, which, yeah, totally. you know. Yeah. So that's always, that's always great. And I've got a lot of support locally, um, just with the first um, drop that I've done. Um, and Can people buy jars yeah, from you? Yeah, totally. Uh, it's on, it's all through Instagram. Um, you can, there's a form to fill out, an order form, but I'm doing it um, in, in batches. So um, I'll, I'll get vegetables which are in season, um, which is like at the peak of their season, they're the cheapest that they'll be all year, um, but they're also the best quality, right? They're the peak of season. So the idea is to like get vegetables that are peak of their season and preserve them so then you can um, I mean they'd be very different pickled but like you preserve them and, and sell them as they go so like right now uh, we've just come out the cabbages are, are actually really expensive and um, this year they've been really small um, because there hasn't been enough rain or there's been too much rain or there's been some issue um, and you'll see in the supermarket these tiny cabbages for like eight dollars um, but I managed to get some um, at a pretty good rate um, before because they were in season um, and then into summer um, cucumbers are going to be super cheap you'll see that they're already gone from five dollars to about two dollars in each in the supermarket I do love a cucumber yep and that, they have been quite pricey and that's your that's a typical pickle it's like yeah, just a pickled yeah. cucumber yeah. right so that's going to be everyone's sort of favorite oh there'll be a good swing on that but that'll be the next one and um, I'll just wait for them to get a bit closer to summer um, and then I'll make a huge batch of them um, and be ready just in time for Christmas but I'll just be getting my hands on whatever vegetables I think are um, a good price and also uh, mainly um, which would be delicious pickled and I'll be just doing a, doing a variety of, of different things um, over the next however long uh, it goes for but um, it's That's fun so it's a fun project you can just you know do whatever you want in a way and and um, it's interesting too because there's quite a contrast and I don't know if you've done this as a deliberate balancing act, but you're working in sales, it's unpredictable. You don't know if one day your boss might give, you know, put pressure on you that you feel you need to get a new job. 
and on the complete opposite you go home and you are in complete creative control of your own venture and that's quite cool and it must balance things out quite nicely so that there is that completeness in your day you know what I mean you, you are in control of certain things in your life even if you're not in control of other major things yeah. is that a deliberate I think the whole like owning your own business thing is something that you do if you want to have that control like I never wanted to work in an office under someone but it's important to learn from other people and, and to have that experience yeah, yeah. but I think um, definitely I've always been a creative and um, I've always enjoyed doing my own stuff um, and, and making things like invent like in you know, my grandma would always say I was going to be an inventor, and I always that's always what I wanted to do. But whether it was music or um, or just working in a kitchen as a chef in general, you know, that's a very creative industry because you you know you're working with flavors and um, you're making your own combinations and. Um, so so you would make you would like come up with recipes and stuff yourself. Yeah, as well? depending on where I worked, so you'd have creative. Like when I worked next door at Foxglove. Um, they would do like a market fish, right, and they'd make up a fish dish every day and I'd get you the order in the fish and you'd make up the dish and I really, really enjoyed just being able to have that control. It would obviously have to be okayed by the head chef, but you'd get to have that control and, um, you know, there's been lots of jobs where I've worked where you had influence on the on the menu um, and I always thought that I'd get to a point where I'd own my own restaurant and I would, um, you know, be able to have to create my own menu and, and, and have full control and, and have my own business has always been the plan. But just meeting people um, who end up going into the industry and doing that, you just realise what you're staring down the barrel of is just so much work. Like you're already putting out um, 50, 60 hours a week as a chef and um, to own your own business. Um, I was talking to someone who I used to work with who now owns a restaurant in Wellington um, and he said on his opening day he, he opened up to the service and ended up asleep on a sack of potatoes out the back for two hours and then woke up and then did the next day. Um, if you want to have a family and, and like life outside of work um, it's a real hard one to balance um, because you've got to do the work um, and I realized after all of that that I wanted to um, I wanted to work to live not live to work and good reminder yeah it's a difficult one to do um, with a, such a an industry that demands so much of your personal time it's got to be your life and you've got to work around that and I decided that that's not what I wanted to do um, and that's sort of ultimately what it gets to unless you work in an, like catering or do some private um, sort of chefing or you know you, you have something else if you want to own a restaurant though there's no way around it at the beginning you've got to commit so much of your time and um, and that's what I wanted to do if I was going to do it so I decided that it wasn't the right fit for me um, which is why this I guess is like a little way of um, staying in touch kind of, yeah, with yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and being able to do, do something for myself um, sort of at my own pace and, um, and I guess yeah. that could be the potential too as you build up your brand you could always still be a person who has a restaurant or, or a bunch of different yeah. restaurants but you maybe don't need to be there all the time and you've got chefs that you're alone so you can kind of enjoy that feeling but still having that family life and other things that you want yeah I guess it's that um, it's that Thing that if you um, employ a chef to run a restaurant that you own, 
you want to give them complete creative control, otherwise they're going to be frustrated that someone who doesn't work in the industry is telling them what to make. It's like telling a painter how to paint, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's just as much a creative outlet, you know. So it wouldn't have the same like effect owning yeah, a true, venue true. unless you um, unless you were involved in it, um, because you wouldn't want to input too much um, if you weren't actually there being a part of the daily grind, because people wouldn't respect your um, decisions and your opinions. Um, but yeah, I guess um, it could turn into a lot of things. I mean, I always wanted to have like a little um, bakery or like I could do like a little toasty shop, right? And have like, and do have all the pickles and the toasties and yes. stuff like that. So there's a lot of options. It's really exciting. Um, but it's just, now you're starting with the pickles, yeah, getting that underway and yeah, yeah, that's cool. It'll, it'll just let it grow organically and yeah. see how that happens. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's a lot going on. Like I still want to travel um, and that's, that's, definitely on the priority list so we're probably going to go next year at some point and I don't know what that's going to mean um, for the pickle business but we'll might be in a bit of a pickle but we'll cross that bridge when we <laughs> I knew you were gonna say <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we come to it um, if it's if it grow, if it if it's really does well then I could get someone to to take over the production um, otherwise I could take it with me overseas you know it's such a, a malleable business that can go anywhere but it's a passion project I'd say at this stage for sure. The Pickle Passion Project. Pickle Passion Project. Triple P's. What everyone wants. <laughs> These days everyone's not about the NFTs, they're about the Triple P's. That's right, that's the future. Those have gone out the window, Triple P's are in. So what else, so what else did you used to do that made your grandmother say you're going to be an inventor? Because that's quite cool. Yeah, I don't know, I used to make um, all sorts of little inventions at home. Like I used to make these like cardboard marble horses and um, I was just I don't know really interested in making these contraptions at home um, when I would stay with her over the weekend and she would always be so like intrigued and like get my mum and dad and when they came to pick me up and show her this invention I've made and um, I don't know I've always been interested in just making stuff not that it's any good all the time but <laughs> I just like the creative process you know I think yeah. I enjoy like the um, just the, the satisfaction of like looking back at something that you've made from absolutely nothing and like it's cool like it's yeah. pretty decent you know it's quite a rewarding and being self-made and something that you've made yourself yeah so you are potentially fit in that group of people who yeah never see themselves working for someone but yeah. always see themselves as an inventor or an entrepreneur or what have you would yeah. that be true? Or? Yeah definitely even yeah. if it means you have to work in an office job for a while while your creative projects take off ultimately your heart your passion lies with the pickles yeah that's exactly right I think um, I'm, I work really well with people and I enjoy a social work environment and I really I don't mind working in an office at all like I, I'm, I'm very collaborative and, and like I, I kind of like just having a job where I can just go and do the work make my money and then go off and then it funds like my life outside of work I think it's so important um, it's not for everyone some people want to just work all the time and make a lot of money and um, I think I've learned from just seeing um, you know families and stuff what I want is like those sort of family relationships and I think it's really important just to enjoy your life as well and do as much as you can outside of work um, but if you can find work that is like you love doing then I guess you're getting a win-win um, but yeah so how, how old are you again Luke? I'm 25 Five. So that's a that's a pretty important life lesson to learn at such a young age. Yeah, I mean it might change, but um, 
I don't know, I guess um, I grew up sort of with my parents separated and I never really understood the importance of um, or, or thought much about it. Um, I left home when I was 17, I was at boarding school since I was 13, so I haven't been at home since I was 13 um, with any family around really. Um, and then when I met Kate and her family fully just adopted me. Um, I'm there every Sunday for dinner, we go on holidays together um, and I just thought it was so beautiful and I felt so like, um, I just felt so happy like this is all I need, you know, sort of moment. Um, and I thought, well, you know, I, I, could, I could do anything I want, but if I ended up with like a, with a nice family and I'd be, I'd be happy, you know. Happiest person happy. in the world. Yeah. I think those relationships, and it, mean, it would mean a lot and it would just give me like everything that I needed, right? So um, I think work's important and, and you need to have something else um, that gets you out of bed every morning that excites you. Um, so I guess it's finding that balance um, for me which is um, really important. Um, yeah, that's kind of my take on things at the moment. Yeah, I like that. I, like yeah. I imagine most people or all people listening would agree that that surely is the greatest thing in the world, is the relationships we have with people. Yeah. Beyond any of the money we make or the wealth or the status. I think we're built to, um, to, to nourish our relationships, um, especially with those um, closest to us. You know, it's just natural that, you know, that's, what gives, what would give me like the complete sort of feeling, yeah. you know? Um, so can I ask you a question? You don't have to answer, it might be a bit personal, but talking about your parents separating and you said you didn't understand why, yeah. did you ever, is that something you ever found out or talked to them about or? Yeah, I just think it was a, um, a personality thing. Um, I don't, I'm not sure exactly. My brother would know a lot more about it. I tend not to um, poke the bear too much, but. I think um, it just... How, how many siblings do you have? I'm the middle child of, of three, so I've got a younger brother um, and an older brother, and I'm the middle brother. Um, so they, yeah, I guess I'm not sure exactly what. Is it, is, is it something you've wanted to know, or is it is it just something you see as a life thing? People might just, be in love, they might fall out of love, yeah, things. I just put it down to, um, at the end of the day, they just weren't the right people for each other, you know, they wanted different things, I suppose, um, you know, they didn't just completely align um, with what they found was important, I think. Um, Are they still in communication with each other? Are they? Not really, they don't really um, have anything to do with each other. Um, and, and are you all grown up enough that you're, there's no no one left at home type thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And, and do you connect with any parent in particular? I know that's probably not a, a fair question, but um, I don't know. I I mean, to be fair, like I don't. I see them both around. Like I, I stay in contact with them both. Like I, I love them both. Obviously, they're my parents. Um, but I mean, we sort of um, we don't do a lot together like I, we wouldn't um, I'll, I'll probably see my mum a lot more she's in Wellington my yeah. dad's um, a couple of hours north in Palmerston North oh, okay. um, so I go up and see him occasionally and recently um, we've connected a lot more and, and he calls me often and we speak a lot more oh, awesome. um, we went up to celebrate his 60th which he said he didn't want anything he didn't want to have a birthday um, but we just said no we're coming up we're having something for you um, and ever since then um, you know he's been a lot more calling and we've been talking a lot so it's definitely um, 
it's a good relationship and they've both always been good relationships um, I guess it's just that um, they didn't always want to be like a parent as much you know they kind of just um, you know if some people are involved with their children's lives you know well past their 18 and they move out you know they're always uh, keeping in, um, you know doing stuff with them um, I never really had that much which is why it really resonated with me when um, when Kate's family was so interested in my life and um, everything I was doing and, and, um, and would do so much stuff and include them and I thought you know I know what I would rather do um, in the way I'd rather you know have a family what I'd, what I'd do so I guess that's kind of that's really cool yeah. that's really that cool. is really cool yeah, they're yeah. amazing people they're uh, the kindest people they literally live um, for everyone else they um, they have so much that they want to do like their, their house hasn't been renovated they've got the same wallpaper that they had since they moved in um, which was 28 years ago um, and they just would rather spend their money traveling going overseas spending time with family they're flying us all down to um, do the Marlborough walk um, in March like stuff like that is like what is important um, than, than having a flash kitchen or a nice car um, and I just love that you know I think that that's they're so happy and I can see why um, and so you know it's taught me a lot um, which is which is really cool Wow, that makes sense too because you you and Kate are, are definitely a very sweet couple you know what I mean very loving and stuff so that kind of adds it gives a bit of insight too as to why you guys are so close and why and also it would be a closeness with her family um yeah wow yeah. wow it's definitely nice to talk about it and um oh, yeah. very important yeah people a key a key thing that pops up in conversations is the idea of what happiness really is yeah. you know and one of one of the terms used is it's not even like fulfillment it's contentment so if you are content with what you have, whether it's a lot or whether it's a little, if you are content, um, then you are happy. Yeah. And basically the way you described it with the old school house and the wallpaper, it's like, it doesn't matter, we've got a roof over our heads, yeah. we're warm, and uh, you know, we're, we, we're all about living life and allowing others and helping others yeah. to live life. I mean, that is a perfect example of the idea of contentment, yeah. which is happiness. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, like, um, they've got a nice place and they, they've got enough money to do it up if they wanted to, but like you said, that that's just not what they, their priority is, is, you know, is um, enjoying their life and, and doing all those things that create good memories and, and have meaning to them, and, um, and I really, res really resonate with that. Um, but yeah, I guess it's all about perspective. You know, you can have a lot, you can have a little, um, but it all just depends on your situation, what you find important, um, what you value. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been a really cool life lesson and, um, and something that you know, I feel like I'll have this outlook on life and I'm sure I'll, it'll be a really cool realization because you know one day I'll have my own family and, um, and I think that'll bring me a lot of happiness. Um, because yeah, I guess before that I didn't know what was I was interested in. I was sort of flying a bit blind and um, and just wanting to you know make money and you know I thought that would be you know to be successful. I need to go to uni. I need to get a good degree. I need to make a lot of money. And I just was about to go and then I realised uh, I don't really want to go to uni. I was going to do engineering um, and I met. My dad knew someone um, who he told me go see this guy. He's a structural engineer, 
and I went and saw him and he was like oh do you like doing calculus and physics and I was like I quite like physics but I'm terrible at calculus he's like oh well you're going to be doing a lot of that the next few years and I was like fuck um, so I was like what do I like doing um, I was like oh I like cooking and I thought well I could do a cooking course and if it doesn't work out like it's a great skill to know how to cook yeah for sure for sure so um, I did that and I got in the kitchen and I loved it and, and the rest was kind of history but um, I don't know I feel like there was such a mold to like this is the pathway to success as you leave school you go to uni you get a degree you get a good job um, you know a lot of pressure to follow that sort of um, but I just decided that you know I can always do that later in life and I think a lot of people rush into it um, and, and just go from learning, learning, learning for however many years from primary to intermediate through to end of high school and then you go into university and you don't take it that seriously because it just feels like high school again. Yeah, 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 continuation on it. Yeah, yeah, true, But you should point. be like there doing what you're really motivated yeah, to do yeah. um, and, and willing to invest thousands of dollars a year to do, um, which a lot of people don't know. They just think that this is what I have to do. Mm. Um, so I think that, that it's really important to sort of take that time to have a deep breath and go, oh, what do I want to do? My brother literally signed up to uni last year. He's um, your young, younger brother? Yeah. brother. Oh, your older yeah, brother. He's yeah. three and a half years older than me. Um, and now he's doing computer science. Wow. Um, he actually went to do psychology and then decided he wanted to do computer science. Um, and he's absolutely acing it. He's loving it. He's enjoying it so much. Um, and I just feel like that was all because you know he'd taken time to sort of think about it and try a few things out and um, but you know it's just really landed on something he liked and yeah, was like yeah definitely well it's a lot of money to spend um, yeah. and especially there's not a lot of education around like you know the amount of money that you're actually like having to pay back and yeah. that sort of thing and there are a lot of software engineers and, and computer programmers out there yeah. so it would be potentially a competitive market to get into so if he knows that he loves it then he's probably going to succeed because his passion is going to carry him through. And I think that's it. When you hear about people that have always done their passion project, whatever the cost is, it's like, this is me. And if I'm a starving artist or what have you, this, this drives me, it makes me happy and all this kind of stuff. Those that are successful, the money comes anyway. Like, if money is important as well. So at a baseline, they're like, I'm happy as Larry, I'm content, what have you. But also for a lot of them, when the money comes, the money comes, it, it just comes. It's, it's never their focus, like, I need to make money. It's like, no, I need to do this because I feel like I'm good at it and I feel like it's adding to society and I feel like it's useful and important. And for a lot of those people, the money just comes automatically anyway. And for a lot of those people, they're not even fussed about it. They could take it or leave it, you know, because they are in, you know, they're in their flow state. They're doing what they love. And it sounds like you've learned that. I think it's important to you know, definitely do what you what you enjoy, and it just makes work not a task. You know, you, you know, you've got to spend your time every day doing something. Um, and if you can do something that you enjoy and it brings in money, then naturally you're gonna, you know, you're gonna excel at it because where people would be, for example, if you're studying um, and you're really interested in this topic, and the other person isn't so interested, but they're doing it to get the paper. Um, you will go home and you'll research it um, and you'll look into it and it's not because you feel like you have to, it's because you're so interested, you just want to learn more naturally um, and you've just got that advantage, you know, it just gives you the upper hand and without realising, you know, you're doing all the study and you're doing all this and it's the same with work, 
um, you know, I can just naturally sit around and think of new things I want to make and I'm so inspired and, um, and what I want to do, where I want to take it and it's such an exciting train of thought and it's just... It's and you probably don't even sit down and think, I need to think up a new no. recipe. It's probably just yeah. coming out and you're like, oh, no, that's too cool. Many. Like, it's yeah. just thinking of what one do I make next and, um, and that's just... That shows you're you're doing what you're meant to be yeah, doing. Exactly. So, and I hope that you know it continues on. But um, yeah, it's a great it's a great feeling. It's nice to find something that you're really passionate about. Yeah, definitely. Look, I, I really appreciate your time today, and, and um, I think it. I think there have been a couple of key insights, and it's again, it's awesome that at your age you've learned some key life lessons as to what's important yeah. and what happiness looks like for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and maybe we could have another conversation a little bit later, like at another time perhaps, because I think there are a few more things that I'd want to chat about. But this kind of feels like a nice, like yeah. the things we've got, I kind of like this, I want to leave it with this and leave people to listen and digest. Um, yeah. Maybe. And then and maybe if we get a chance to talk in the future before you and Kate head overseas or what have you, for all we know, we could be, you know, enjoying a, a jar of your, you know, pickled produce and talking about, you know, the, the success of maybe it's in more Wilsons or it's here and there. Yeah, and totally. I mean, that could actually be great to check in, but. Yeah, definitely. That yeah. awesome. Okay, we'll, we'll definitely have some pickles yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for us to try. Maybe that could be a little fun thing to do. Yeah. Give you a few flavors. Yeah. But so and people can order this through Instagram. Yep. So I get on Instagram, Nude Pickles, um, and you can find them. Just send me an order. Can order through. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Limited stock though, so I'll release them in batches, yeah. um, and they're only available until they sell out. So um, the first batch sold out in a couple of days. Um, the next one's coming out soon, but they're constantly being released. So just follow it, and um, you'll see all sorts of different flavors popping up. And if something um, looks interesting. And just fire me a message or um, fill out the form and yeah, I'll drop it off to you or send it. Drop off. Yeah, do the little drop off in my van. Personal service. Really? Yeah, drop to the door. So cool. um, we'll send it. I send it around the country. I'll be posting them around as well. Um, so yeah, definitely encourage anyone to give it a try. It's a cool little um, Wellington company and um, and they're delicious, which is the most important. <laughs> You're biased. Yeah, I am biased, but I'll let you decide. I'll have to drop pickle off to you. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll buy one. I, I'm all about supporting local business, so I'll jump on and order for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time. No, <laughs> thanks for your time.